when winter rolls around, bears hibernate and birds fly south. But what about the bees? Like every other creature on Earth, bees have their own unique ways of coping with the cold temperatures during the winter season. One way bees prepare for the winter is by gathering a winter reserve of honey. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Tim Wilbanks is the owner of Heritage Honeybee and says that in Wisconsin, bees need a minimum of 60 pounds of extra food in order to survive the winter. He explains more about how beekeepers are working hard to take care of these busy bees. Beekeepers here in Wisconsin got hit a little bit earlier with some pretty severe cold weather. But in the grand scheme of things, it's the same process every year. Hey, making sure that colonies are treated for mites. Um, that mite treatment started should have started for most uh, beekeepers back in the spring through the summer, ending up here in the fall, usually in October and early November. That's being wrapped up. So then feeding, making sure that if a hive doesn't have adequate honey stores that the beekeeper is feeding to get those food stores into that colony going into winter. Here in Wisconsin you need a minimum of 60 pounds of extra food either stored honey or stored sugar syrup and so making sure that those hives are fed and going into winter with plenty of food reserves. A good queen. Inspection weather hasn't been good lately but we'll probably get a warm-up here sometime in the month of November where beekeepers can get back into their hive very briefly do some last minute checks on on those three things also for some wisconsin beekeepers their winter prep is getting their bees ready to go to another state uh, florida texas california and so for those beekeepers some of them have maybe even already left others are getting their colonies palletized they're getting them brought back in to a holding yard so that they can load them onto semis and very soon within the next few weeks uh, those bees will be trucked to, like I said, warmer states where they're going to overwinter them. They may have an operation down there. They may have other opportunities for pollination or something like in California coming up next spring. And those bees will be moved into those warmer climates to be built up throughout the wintertime in those warmer climates to be ready for spring pollination. When they are, let's say, sending them to California, how are they being transferred? What is that process, I guess, like? Can I paint that picture of what actually happens? Okay, so flatbed semis are used, and the bees, the colonies are palletized, and there's typically four, in some cases, six colonies on a pallet that's forklifted onto the truck, and then those can be stacked two levels, three levels high, and then they're strapped down to, and secured to that semi, and then they're netted with a mesh net that allows those colonies to breathe, get airflow, stay cool because that's what you have to worry about is them getting overheated when you group them up like that when we have cold temperatures like this that reduces the risk of overheating you just have to shelter the bees on the very front of the load from any wind chill but otherwise they're transported across the country on a flatbed that's netted and yes those bees can crawl out of the hive typically when that vehicle's going the semi's going down the road and there's a wind going across the entrance of that hive, the bees don't want any part of that, right? But when those trucks have to stop for fuel or at way stations, um, if it's warm enough, the bees may creep out of that entrance and what we call beard. They'll, they'll kind of all accumulate or congregate on the front of that hive, and they'll crawl a little bit, but as soon as that truck gets going again and they're hitting some cold air, they'll crawl right back in the hive. In cases where the weather's hot, that's when you have to worry about stopping for too long in the daytime because then yes if it's hot out the bees will want to leave that hive well with the net on the load you have 
lots and lots of bees under that net and so it can get a little bit messy so with that when you're transporting bees across the country these drivers they know what they're doing and so they primarily try to drive during daylight hours within the rules and regulations and then they stop only when they have to for as short a period as possible during the daylight so they stop to sleep do their eating refueling and all under the cover of darkness when those bees don't want to leave the hive how does beekeeping impact the farming community within wisconsin of course but throughout the entire u.s so beekeeping and agriculture are one and the same okay so the produce industry the food industry of this country relies heavily on honeybees honeybees are the most efficient and most manageable pollinators out there insect pollinators and so you'll hear all kind of statistics thrown out honeybees being the most manageable insect pollinator are directly or indirectly related to close to one-third of the food supply here in the U.S. that's produced here in the U.S. now that doesn't mean that one out of every three bites is directly related to honeybees it means honeybees are closely related to the production of that and what I might mean by that it could be direct pollination of an almond bloom on an almond tree by a honeybee that results in an almond nut that somebody might consume it might also be pollination of alfalfa seed alfalfa that's then grown as a livestock feed for feeding out beef cattle so there's the indirect relationship and honeybees are used on a large commercial scale for both ends of that spectrum and so it's easy to say one-third but there are some caveats to that um, relationship but again honeybees are critical critically tied to the food supply of this country without honeybees you would not see the color and the variety in the produce section in your grocery store and we just finished up with halloween most of the pumpkins produced in the united states are commercially pollinated by honeybees and so you can uh, when you're looking at all those crazy jack-o'-lanterns on people's porches the ones that are going to be thrown out in the next few weeks you can thank a honeybee for that what are some of the key issues that wisconsin beekeepers are currently facing there's always the issue of dealing with what mother nature throws at you this year we had an up and down weather pattern some parts of the state were extremely dry and were considered drought stricken other areas had adequate and abundant rainfall and so you're as a beekeeper in areas you know you may have colonies or apiaries that were in both regions a drought region and a excess moisture region so you're having to deal with that um, and that might mean extra feed or extra mite treatment depending on the weather and so you're always dealing with what mother nature threw you trying to to make up for any lacks or divvy out the excess okay um, again uh, in wisconsin this year we had a feast or famine honey crop and what I mean by that, it wasn't an average honey crop across the state. We had producers that had record years, um, as much honey as they've ever made on a per hive average basis. But then you talk to other guys in other areas, and it was the exact opposite. They couldn't make a drop of honey. Um, they were um, supplemental feeding all summer through the drought. And so it was, a, it was a seesaw year. It was feast or famine here this year. And so beekeepers are still dealing with that. And then people who do farmer's market to sell their honey, they're transitioning to the indoor farmer's market season. So they're marketing and looking at their uh, packing, you know, their honey, getting it ready for winter markets and making plans for next year. We're 
we're wrapping up a season and next spring will be here before you know it and so beekeepers are thinking about expansion or downsizing do they need to order more equipment order more bees so they're starting to make plans on paper for next year already what are some of the key invaders that beekeepers have to deal with well there's always a pest and it seems like there's always a new one on the horizon we're we're dealing with primarily varroa mites and then the viruses that those mites transfer to bees it's a parasitic mite that's similar to a tick or a flea on a on a mammal Uh, a varroa mite is a parasitic mite that gets on the honeybee and not only affects the adult bee but really has an effect on the developing young the 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 larva and the pupa stages of the bee in the hive so it's it's a it's been a 30 plus year battle and it continues to be a battle Um, small hive beetle occasionally will wreak havoc especially on weaker colonies or colonies that aren't uh, fully healthy Um, we also have to deal with things like mosquitoes and you ask well how is how are mosquitoes related to honeybees well in areas of dense human population that had mosquito problems that had a lot of spraying done some of those sprays that are used by municipalities for mosquito control have a detrimental effect on bee colonies in the late summer and fall and so you'll see the effects of that typically in the months of august september october on into november as some of the residual effects of those sprays that might have contaminated a hive or some pollen things like that take effect so it doesn't have to be a direct honeybee pest sometimes it's another pest that an insecticide has been used on things like that 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 have a a detrimental effect on a on a beneficial insect the honeybee what are some things that Wisconsin beekeepers maybe have to think about that others throughout the U.S. may not? I would group Wisconsin in with the rest of the Midwest. We have to deal with pretty harsh winters. And aside from that, if our winters were consistent, that would be much easier. But it's the inconsistency of the weather once we get to that winter stage that, that makes it difficult. Let's say you have a month of really cold weather and then you have a week of warmer weather the bees want to come to life and start brooding up and then we may get sub-zero an, an arctic blast again we we tend to get a lot of those here in wisconsin throughout the midwest that's a big challenge managing against that but there's nothing you can really do other than being as uh, proactive as you can with healthy colonies going into the winter and with food supplies and and even checking food supplies during the winter it's not completely hands-off you don't just close them up and never go in them sometimes you have to go in them for the sake of keeping them alive or not Um, that's a challenge wisconsin beekeepers have otherwise you know we're kind of blessed as a state we have a strong uh, wisconsin honey market local honey and regional honey here in wisconsin brings a really good price it really pays back to the beekeeper well. Other parts of the country aren't blessed with that, and we do have that. We have some pollination revenues here in Wisconsin, the cranberries, um, a few apple orchards, and some produce areas that give beekeepers uh, another revenue stream. Um, And again, the farmer's market network in the state of Wisconsin is really well done. There are some areas where the farmer's markets are very valuable to honey producers. And you also personally, you're part of the American Beekeeping Federation. 
take me through your work with that. What are you doing to help beekeepers everywhere, like on a national scale? Okay, so I'm a board member for the American Beekeeping Federation. It's a national organization that works proactively, legislatively on issues big and small that affect beekeepers, big and small, from commercial uh, beekeepers all the way down to a backyard beekeeper that only has one hive. So we're currently working on um, promoting the Hive Act, which is a piece of legislation that we are hoping will gain uh, footing and and gain traction going through Congress to um, basically Hive Act stands for Honey Integrity Verification and Enforcement. And what this is aimed at is pushing the FDA to come up with a standard of identity for honey, for natural honey made by honeybees, so that we can police fraudulent honey, which is honey that's been diluted or watered down with sugar syrup or is not, it contains things that aren't natural. And also, this is new in the last few years, lab-made synthetic honey that is being marketed and pushed now as another alternative to natural honey. We're fighting those battles in this hive act is legislation that will help politically fight that battle where um, the know where your honey comes from campaign is still active and strong encouraging consumers to number one buy local honey know the source know where it comes from and when you're buying honey off the shelf turn the jar around turn it up look at the label and educate yourself of where it's coming from and support U.S. beekeepers, okay? Um, aside from that, we're working on Canadian, the Canadian border. Right now it's closed to U.S. exporting bees there. We're trying to get that border reopened. It was up until 1986, 1987. And in doing so, we're hoping that will help protect North America from the potential of bees being shipped um, from the Southern Hemisphere, Eastern Hemisphere, where there are some pests that we do not have hurting our honeybees yet and those pests are very real in those parts of the world and could very realistically wind up in North America with continued air transport of bees from those hemispheres so we are pushing for the Canadian border to be reopened so that the U.S. can supply most of the Canadian beekeepers with any needed bees to decrease and potentially put a lid on the the transfer of bees from hemispheres in this world that right now have pests that we don't want to deal with. That was Tim Wilbanks, owner of Heritage Honeybee. Although humans don't stay inside a hive all winter to survive, we do make certain changes when colder weather rolls around just like those bees do. And our Wisconsin beekeepers work hard to protect those bees, whether it's preparing them for winter here or sending them to warmer states. Like I know many of us wish we could do as well. From the Midwest Farm Report and Charity Seebecker.